so happy we're here with Chloe, Kevin's niece. Double trouble, you and Kevin. I don't think so. No? <laughs> I'm the good one. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. I'm, I'm going to fully accept that. <laughs> Chloe, we're going to get straight into it. Okay. Because time is short. Tell me a little bit about your robe. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm an ISVA, which is an independent sexual violence advisor. And my role is to work with clients who have been um, raped or gone through a serious sexual assault and I support them through the criminal justice process. So what that looks like is going to police meetings with clients, if clients have to attend court, attending court, really advocating for clients and ensuring that they know their rights throughout the criminal justice process um, and just being that emotional support for them. Tell me, how did you get into a role like that yeah how does that happen <laughs> so prior to that I used to work in um, family support so working with families who have children under the age of five who don't meet social services threshold and I loved that job I've done it for about seven or eight years but I got to a point where I felt like I want something more now um, I always had a passion for domestic abuse um, and it was something that I wanted to take a little bit further so I decided to do a master's degree at Goldsmiths. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> with domestic violence. Um, it was called Understanding Domestic Violence and Sexual Abuse. And once I finished that, I then um, started applying for jobs. And I saw this role. I'd never heard of this role before applying. And I got the job. Yeah, that was going to be one of my questions. Mm-hmm. Had you seen somebody doing this role? What never. What kind of inspired you? So no. I just saw the role and saw it was working with clients. Um around sexual violence and supporting them from a criminal justice process. So I thought, let me try. I can only apply and see what happens. And then they were like, oh, come for an interview. I was like, me? And then went to the interview, went really well. And they were like, oh, yeah, we want to offer you the job. Um, so, yeah, I just took a leap of faith, to be honest. Brilliant. So for a young woman of your age, you mm-hmm. are 30. Two, I is am. that right? Yeah. So you've done your degree, you've mm-hmm. done your master's degree, mm-hmm. you've worked in a really a job that you really enjoyed, mm-hmm. and then you made a decision to move on to something else to challenge yourself further. Mm-hmm. I think that's really impressive. Thank Would you. you say that you are pretty much the standard for um, the people of your age that you hang around with, or is your work ethic different? I feel like it's a little bit different and it's had to be because of the roles that I've had. So how I present myself um, always has to be different to my friends that may do accountancy or may do marketing, other bits and pieces. So what I put on social media, I have to be really careful because I could have clients, perpetrators, I could have anyone that's watching my social media profile. So I'm very careful about what I put out on social media. Um, and I think also being out there's been many times where I've seen clients um, so for me I've always had to think about that when I'm out and about um, in clubs um, shopping centres just all that sorts of little bits and pieces I have to really think about how I present myself so yeah my work ethic is a little bit different to others that have 
my friends that have different roles to me. Mm. So it's the kind of job where would you say that isn't a lot of work-life balance because I suppose you have to think about everything you do in your personal life that could potentially impact on your role I think it's a lot less it's there but I think it is a lot less because I do have to constantly think what if I see someone when I'm out or what if I post that and it's taken the wrong way or someone finds it or yeah so those little bits and pieces I always have to think about um so yeah it's a lot less than I would my peers I would say so you are what I might describe as a millennial. Have you heard that term before? Have, yeah. What does that mean to you? <laughs> does it mean anything to you? It means I'm a young thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. Young and gorgeous. But um, millennials are quite often described as um, difficult to manage, mm-hmm. quite demanding. Mm-hmm. Do you see those characteristics in yourself? Um, I find that that term very interesting because I feel like a millennial is that crossover between the older generation and just before the social media um, generation and I wouldn't say that we're difficult to manage I would say that we are more aware of our rights um, and we're able to advocate for ourselves so when we think something is wrong we're going to speak up for it and I think the older generation see that as oh here we go again, they're difficult, they've always got something to say, like, just get on with it and shut up, because we had to put up with that, where was that, no, I'm not doing that. So, I just, I suppose it depends on who's asking, I suppose. I would say, a little bit, yeah, I can be difficult to manage. <laughs> I'm going to speak my um, my truth, my opinion, whether you want to hear it or not, I'm going to say, no, I don't like that. Mm. And I feel like that can be sometimes patronising, um, and unnecessary for people i think especially family members that are older and didn't ask for it the friends that i have have really established their career and they work really 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 hard i've got friends that are teachers um that are working marketing have their own businesses i've got friends that are tradesmen as well so i've got a good variety and they've really worked hard a lot of them are trying to start their own business so they've really stuck at their roles mm-hmm. um, and they understand that nothing is overnight. It's a long, tedious process. And especially like being our age of like, we're not too young, we're not too old. So starting to get those roles with a little bit more responsibility, maybe managing people that are older than us and younger than us and trying to find that balance. So I think with my friendship group, no. Good. I think they really try. Good. <laughs> okay, so thinking back to your your current role mm-hmm. so um i'm a head teacher executive mm-hmm. head teacher what can i in my role do to make things better for the people that you advocate for mm-hmm. how, how can we improve mm. what's going on yeah i feel like it's having open conversations um and allowing say like a workplace allowing the staff to know this is a workplace that if someone is going through something like that that you're able to support them so maybe sending out emails about um information about like um domestic violence services sexual violence services and also sending it to parents as well maybe in a newsletter can just be a couple of lines in a corner so um allowing people to know that this is a school that will if they need support it's here um and i feel like with children because I feel like 
especially what's going on recently that ongoing conversation needs to happen and parents always when you start talking about healthy relationships and sex education parents are like no no they're too young they're too young but I feel like demonstrating healthy relationships and friendship groups can start from reception and allowing children to know what that looks like and saying to children um, say if they're lining up would you like to hold their hand so teaching children from young what consent looks like mm. I feel like that's really important and having those conversations um, is so important and it it's not then a shock when a child's 12 or 13 because they've had those ongoing conversations from such a young age they know what healthy relationships look like um, and you'll be able possibly maybe to be able to see a change but I feel like avoiding it and thinking that it doesn't happen doesn't help so I feel like staff need to know if I am going through something that I can go to um, my manager and be like this is what I'm going through and if it's they don't need support they just may need five or ten minutes then that's okay if they've got an appointment to go to in relation to that they know that you will understand what they're going through so I think that's quite important um, as a whole um, okay. to think about one of the challenges that um, we face mm -hmm. as school leaders, and in fact, this happened to me a couple of weeks ago, just before the Easter holidays, mm -hmm. is parents who do not want their children to be involved in sex relationship education. So as you all know, the government changed the mm -hmm. statutory requirement and, um, you know, there are not many, but there are a few parents who are really questioning mm -hmm. what children are being taught mm -hmm. and have a, a huge fear um, what would you say to those parents? So I think it would be a good opportunity for parents to come in um, see what's on the curriculum and have an open discussion about what it is that they would like and what they wouldn't like and then so there's an open dialogue so they can actually see what is being taught because there's always that assumption I don't know for those parents how old they are they may never have had that um opportunity in their school and I think there's that worry that you're going to be showing kids how to put um, condoms on bananas and what contraception you can go mm -hmm. and get from the doctors and stuff like that without telling their parents and that is not the case at all it's about healthy relationships what do relationships mean to them um, and teaching them about consent but not consent to have sex consent about um, holding hands about um, do you want to come to my house asking how to ask for things and how to say no to things you don't want to happen so if someone's going to the toilet with somebody if a child says oh can such and such come to the toilet and that child doesn't want to go being able to say no thank you but having that confidence to be able to say that that's what sex education and healthy relationships is about so i think parents coming in and being able to see this is what the curriculum looks like this is what we're going to be teaching do you have any input what do you think i thought that would be something really good if the parents were more aware of it and rather than being worried about possible um, assumptions mm. and yeah um, Black Lives Matters mm. has been a thing yeah <laughs> you're a black woman I I'm am. a black woman <laughs> um, we can't we, 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 we can't fail to have noticed everything that's going on and still going on mm -hmm. can you tell me whether that has had any impact on you at work have there been any changes, um, maybe in yourself or work practices? Mm -hmm. um, tell us a little bit about any impact. Yeah, so um, in my role, I work for the NHS. 
so we've had a lot of CPD mornings about um, Black Lives Matter um, and how as a trust we can improve um, relationships with um, black and other um, minorities within the service. Um, in my actual role, I'm the only black woman on my team. So it's been really interesting to have these discussions with my colleagues um, and let them know how I see myself in the world um, as a black dark skinned woman as well. Um, so my managers allowed me to sort of take the lead around um, supporting women and I was very clear that I wanted it to be around black women because I'm a black woman um, and my experiences are different to um, those of mixed heritage or from an Asian background so um, I've been able to do that so I'm trying to book some training for how to support women black women that are going through the criminal justice process um, which has been really difficult trying to find a service mm -hmm. um, that I feel is appropriate because it's an important subject and I want it to be delivered well um, and I want my colleagues to feel like okay we also feel confident in supporting um, black women through the criminal justice process and when we see certain things we're not going to ignore it we're actually going to challenge it and be like well why has this client had this when another case that never happened um, so that's been really good to be able to have that voice at work and be able to stick up for us and I'm going to use the word minority because we are a minority especially mm -hmm. in a criminal justice process um, and to just really for my team to hear the experiences that I go through as a professional but also that the clients will also go through um, so that's been really 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 good and my manager's been fully supportive she's like I've been telling her this is what I'm doing and she's like great go for it anything to do with um, supporting women um, from minorities I'm like yeah I'll do it she's like go ahead brilliant and has it still got the same momentum that it had maybe 12 months ago or do you feel as though it's running out of momentum I feel like it is a little bit mm -hmm. but I think from when I started that role I was really that was something that I was really advocating for so it's something that I've always spoken about so I think within my team um, I don't think it has, but I feel like within an organisation, yes, mm -hmm. it has. Um, and what I mean, I mean NHS. It's not having the big drive it did last year. Mm. How does that make you feel? I'm not surprised. Mm. If I'm really honest, <laughs> I, 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 as a black woman, we don't matter. Yeah. So I, I can't expect um, a white male to worry about black women, if I'm honest yeah incredibly sad but true yeah let's talk about something different okay you <laughs> are an avid arsenal supporter <laughs> that's quite unusual for a black woman how, how did that come about i don't think it is unusual i oh. think when i go to arsenal games i see loads of black women mm. um i think there are loads of um, women that love football black women that love football um so how it came about so when i was younger my dad um, supported Tottenham and my brother, one supported Man United, my younger one, and the older one supported Arsenal and I wanted to be like him. Um, so I just started supporting Arsenal and my dad used to take us to 
he said he's not taking us to Highbury um, and he used to live around the corner from Leighton Orient so we used to get free tickets we used to go football then um, Uncle Kevin used to watch the Italian league on Saturday um, morning to afternoon for about three hours so it was just within my family and as I grew up I just got more what's the word I'm going to use passion yeah more <laughs> passion that's a good word more passion and yeah I just love it I enjoy it I feel like it's an escapism as well because mm. I've always had really difficult jobs and football is a part of my life where I can be Chloe mm. I'm not Chloe the professional I'm just Chloe I can go to the pub I can go to matches I can wear my full kit like it's just I'm Chloe um and like when you meet people they don't necessarily ask you what do you do for a job it's just oh where are you from from south oh how long have you been sporting arsenal for oh this and that's it and then we start talking about football mm. it's not about what job you do what sort of house you live in how many qualifications you've got it's just yeah yeah it's a it. community in itself isn't it, it is yeah and it's like i think one thing about sport especially football the different friends that i have and the different ages is hilarious so I've got friends that are like 55-year-old men that I'll go to the pub and watch football with that are white <laughs> males. And there's me, <laughs> dark-skinned female, going to watch football. And I love it. Yeah, because the thing you've got in common is your love of football. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Chloe, we're going to end there. Thank you very, very much for your time. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for giving us your time and lending us your mind for this brief moment. We hope our views, thoughts and humble opinions have gone some way into helping you make a little sense of the big issues that affect us daily. Thank you.